Hi, welcome back to the show. Really good one for you this week. We've got Greg Jeffries, who is a consultant and director at Visual Displays and is really focused on uh, rooms and meeting room design, uh, but not just from a technology standpoint, from a holistic approach. So I had a really good conversation with Greg around room design, the importance of standards, and when you're doing Microsoft Teams rooms, what are those things to consider beyond just the kit? So hope you enjoy the show and many thanks to Crestron for their support of Empowering Cloud and this episode. And if you're listening to this at time of release, do check out Crestron at ISE in a few weeks. I'll also be over there. So if you're there, hope to see you there. On with the show. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. Uh, really been looking forward to this conversation. It's, it's stretching a bit beyond my kind of core knowledge in the Microsoft Teams space. <laughs> and uh, Greg's the person I reach out to when I want to get a real kind of proper AV perspective on things. Greg, for those that don't know you, could you just give a bit of an intro and background? Yeah, sure. I'm Greg Jeffries. I wear three hats, really. I, one is as a specialist consultant in the areas that we're going to talk about today. Second is as a co-owner of uh, Visual Displays, who's a company making projected displays for the sort of Teams room and uh, the whole hybrid workspace area. And then the third part of this is my volunteer life. I've been involved with the leadership of, of Avixa for many years, Infocom as it was back in the day. I've been on the board of ISE and various of the companies that, that the organization has. But really, my big thing has been standards. I've, I've been involved in, in the leadership of standards for a long time. And I've also led or co-written a number of the standards, including the, the ones we'll probably touch on today. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the pod. I'm excited to get your perspective on things because you've always got good opinions. And I see a lot from you on LinkedIn and other socials <laughs> where you're throwing thoughts into the conversation. I think today we wanted to zero in that, that medium and large scenario. Obviously, Microsoft yeah. Teams rooms are flying and a lot of that is in different use cases, but certainly yeah. they're being pushed for larger scenarios. So I guess starting with kind of that, what's your opinion on the Microsoft Teams rooms and, and the different use cases and where the fit is? I think things in general sort of leap, they leapfrog. And I, at the moment, I feel that the technology and the innovation we're seeing from the brands and the vendors is, is incredible. It's really amazing. And it's very exciting times. I'm genuinely looking forward to ISC because there's a lot of stuff I really want to have a good look at. And I, I never used to feel that about ISC. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, like it's a there's real innovation happening in the space yeah. at the moment, and every year I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Every yeah. year you go, it's, oh, I want to see that thing in action, and because there's nothing yeah. like getting onto the kit and then having yeah. a look. Hundred percent, and also the opportunity to back it if you like walk from one booth to another to compare and contrast, and it's a unique opportunity. But here's the but. So the but in that conversation is that the, the room design and the standards that apply to room design, they've, they're lagging behind. It's totally understandable because the industry did a genuinely incredible job during the pandemic of making all these spaces into these hybrid workspaces. It wasn't pretty. Some of it was pretty ugly, but damn it, they made it work. And that was, that's a kind of a hats off thing. However, a lot of those sorts of habits, if you like, and the lack of thought about the room layout and design, that's really showing up now. And I have concern because the I think that as we go down the line now, there's, there is so much development and focus ongoing from Microsoft and all kinds of people in, in the ecosystem. Some of these rooms, even though they're on paper very well equipped, are actually going to show up their shortcomings. And that's my thing as an evangelist for standards. 
And then in the work that I do in consulting is helping people to, to get things right. So what, let's dig into that. So like, where are you seeing real world challenges there? The, some of the challenges are structural, really, and have no fault of the players involved. Not that fault or blame is, a, is an intelligent way of doing it. It's just that we're in a very new scenario now. Yeah. And the kind of the imperatives, the needs from that are developing out. Like I say, some of the things are, are structural. All organizations are, are really heavily siloed. I, I've consulted over the years for, shall we say, a large search engine company and they're just as, they're just the same as other companies. The facilities management, building management will be sitting in a different cubbyhole to AV and IT uh, management. And you have this, so you have this sort of paradox where people have spent good money on expensive lighting, which they're overdriving and killing the displays in the room. So you've got all the kind of a lack of awareness and a lack, and a lack of cohesiveness. And, uh, are you um, seeing AV and IT come together now? Because even that is relatively new. Certainly from my past doing Link and Skype yeah. business projects, it was AV and IT were very separate. And a yeah. lot of, I've seen projects where the room systems got bought and they were literally incompatible with the UC system because they hadn't talked to each other. Yeah. Within the AV industry, within Avixa, we, we've taken the view that the two things have, have combined a long time ago. It's just taken taking a while for people to see what huge opportunities that that actually mean means for AV. Yeah. But I think as a working proposition, you have to regard the things as, as, as already having combined. Nice. So it's now that next leap of AVIT and space design facilities like that. That's the next thing you're thinking about it. Holy- yeah. The holistic thing is very much my, my thing. Because the thing with the thing about room design is it's a very it's very multi layered and, and and complex thing. So the heuristic that that we use in in the consulting arm is to disaggregate the thing, to break the thing down into its component parts, and then to as far as possible use some kind of marginal gains theory where you go, okay, this is the audio. What can we do to improve it by five or ten percent? This is the display. This is the lighting, and you take that kind of approach. And there, and, and there are standards that apply to all of these elements, but they have to be used, they have to be used critically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like audio, again, you, you keep me honest here, it's neglected, certainly coming from the IT side of this world. Like, I think there's a lack of understanding, respect for the audio component, even the video component. The video is a bit easier because people can see the impact of change. Yeah. But I think audio, if you're not thinking critically about it, it's often hard to judge. And I even see silly things like people choosing room systems, not testing the remote experience. And so that's the point of the system, yeah. right? So you yeah. need to hear it and see yeah. it on the remote. Yeah, 100%. The more I do this, the more you realize how absolutely imperative it is to understand what the remote experience is. It, that kind of manifests, manifests itself in all kinds of, in all kinds of ways. But the audio is the main thing. If you think back to the day when we sat around that starfish thing in the middle of the table before, before we all got into the poly, the polycom thing in the middle, yeah. it all starts with audio. And tip, the thing is that in reality, if the video breaks down, that's not a game changer. But if the audio, when we're sitting in an airport and we've got crap bandwidth, we'll kill our cameras. That, that's yeah. not a problem. But if the audio isn't there, it is a really big problem. And so that as a proposition in itself is a really important thing. But really 
understanding how your space is self-presenting at the other end is so important. So many of these, of, of the calls that are made from one organization to another, how you present yourself, whether you're selling or you're trying to make the status of the, of the organization, it's really mission critical. And there's so much opportunity there to improve things just by going through those processes. Yeah, that's a really good point. Your marginal gains thing is interesting there. It comes to mind, I'm working with a legal firm at the moment and they've got the big fee earners working from different spaces and working from yeah. home now. Yeah. And and they're charging big money for these review yeah. calls, whatever they may be. And it used to be they you'd get wheeled into the London office and you'd have tea and biscuits and big oak desk and there was a status <laughs> to that. And now I'm having conversation. I'm like, you need to spend a few hundred pounds here on decent kit for the home workers because it's going to make them. I'm surprised it's even a budget conversation. I'm like, that they earn this and yeah. they're on calls with your customers yeah, and get some good kit. Yeah. The thing is that I, the model I see for this, it's like the emperor's new clothes. Uh, it's just that it, it, until something gets pointed out, it's effectively group think, or it's like a, it's a group held illusion that something's okay because it's always been done like that. But if you hold the mirror up and you go, yeah. hang on a minute, what about this? Then, ah, oh, then any uh, drops. Also the pandemic thing, isn't it? Like the whole world got a, like a very can do make it work attitude. So yeah. everybody got very accepting of sometimes I have to turn it on off again and it's not going to be optimal and we'll deal with it. And I think. That was actually net good because it, like innovation has gone up, people trying new things has gone up. Yeah. But it does mean that criticality of, oh, this really isn't great. We should fo refocus on it. It has gone away a little bit. No, abs ab that's absolutely right. And I think this is not necessarily an argument to spend loads of money on it. It's about actually addressing the basics, which is why my whole thing about standards is, is why I feel it's so, it's so mission critical. You can have really quite inexpensive equipment giving a good result, and you can also knock the stuffing out of some really expensive kit by having rubbish lighting or really poor acoustics. For me, it's, it, it's, an, it's a no-brainer, but people are used to doing something in a certain way. Like It's not until you hold the mirror up and go, mm, do you really want to be like this? Yeah. yeah. So are you seeing, with the projects you're involved in that, that have Microsoft Teams dreams, are you seeing that as an opportunity to have the wider conversation because certainly sometimes I'm seeing it's like oh this is an MTR project we're doing 50 rooms and it, it's straight into kit selection and rollout yeah. it's not use yeah. case driven it's not what's the business yeah. objectives here yeah it's the thing is that there there is such a thing as gravity there is such a thing as constraints there is such a thing as budget and so on and on the one hand for people looking to do large deployments then classifying room as small, medium, large, uh, et cetera, that, that does, you, you have got to, you have got to do that kind of practical yeah. thing. But no, I think that the, that there are a lot of opportunities there to have a bit more, have a bit more focus on it. And the thing is, it's Pandora's box. Once you start to notice these things, you can't stuff it back in. Once you've noticed that the, 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 the display is too small, it's too bright or it's, or it's shiny, you can't take that perception away. But yeah, I think it's, it is just about specifying the right things or getting the room right so that the equipment will do it. In effect, there's a, a bit of a sort of conspiracy, but it's just this sort of tacit agreement between, because we're all, let's face it, we're all nerds, we're all technologists. And it's very natural, both on the purchase side and on the supply side, to think in terms of technology. It almost, it doesn't matter what the question is, what brand are we going to use? What model are we going to use? hang on a minute because there's a whole pre-technology thing to think about be before you get there.
And like I say, it's not about spending shed loads of money because you actually might be able to save a lot of money. Yeah. If you, if both in terms of capital costs and running costs and the lessons from, from UX, which is another thing I'm involved with, human centered design is it never finishes. It's an iterative thing. How, if you have these awareness, you have these periodic reviews, how are we going to improve it? Yeah. What isn't quite right? What do we prioritize? Well, also it's good. It's good for the. It's good for the industry if that stuff is thought through because we know this is the way, like you say, it gets driven. It's commercial and yeah. technical. The vendors will deliver yeah. what the customers end up wanting. Yeah. And if yeah. the customers say they want more AI and more this, that's what you get more of. Yeah. If they come back and say, yeah. these are our business objectives and these things matter, yeah. that will go into yeah. design specs. Yeah. Yeah. My feeling is that we're going to see a lot of movement there and the, the drivers come in different ways because Typically, AV is brought in very late into the process, which AV can't do much about. But is that like the classic, like we we built this glass cube, we don't want wires anywhere. Good good luck, AV. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Because the thing is that the no, that that is absolutely on the money that that comment. Because what typically happens is that the architect hands over this beautiful pristine building. To the client, and then the AV consultant is letting the tradesman's entrance downstairs. Here you come, and you know, this do stick your TV on the wall and wipe your feet on the way out. Yeah. Whereas in reality, buildings now have to be their technology enabled spaces, and so the technology has to be thought of at, at Reba stage one. You know, when the building is being is mm. first being ideated. What's interesting is again thinking of current projects at the moment is. I'm seeing like the whole intelligent buildings, green initiative, what people are like Cisco and others are doing around yeah. how you wire the building. That technology conversation has managed to infiltrate the design conversation much more than the AV one has. Like the yeah. AV one is still yeah. by and large after. Yeah. Maybe there's an opportunity to combine those conversations. Like you say, what was the real phrasing? Like technology enabled. Technology enables spaces. That, yeah, that's I love what, that. That's what we're working like, in. I love that because that puts the, the key at the front and like now build the space around the use case. Yeah. And technology enabled. That's yeah. great. Yeah. No, it's, it is a big thing. And if there's one, if there's one word that will make an AV person's bit, it'll be its architect. And, but on the other hand, and particularly when I've worked on projects which use, uses the well standard, which is an environmental and well building standard. And where, where everybody is incentivized because you can, you score points for doing things right, including AV. At that point, when I've been involved in projects where the architect and the technologists and everyone's around the same table Fantastic. and so you just have these conversations. None of this is rocket science, but it's just setting, it's setting yourself, self up to, to succeed rather than to fail. I, I always see these things as about removing obstructions. It, it's how you help the water flow down the hill and, and it's setting things up in, in those kinds of ways, but it's an awareness. But in the end, the argument for this is financial because it, because you want whoever's, whoever puts the money up for a building, they want the building to be built in the most economic ways possible. They want to have the, the, the best efficiency and use of the building, get the highest rents for it. And if you, if you get these, and, and like I say, that is the thing, buildings now have to be technology enabled. If you get that, you can, you, you, it's a win thing that it's, it's a show me the money moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think we're getting to the point where with new hybrid working, the number of people in the office is 
undoubtedly down. We can argue over the percentages. Yeah. Like leases are going to start coming up. People, I've seen people reducing floors. Yeah. If you're the building that's thought through the experience, like you're the more likely building to yeah. get the next lease to get the yeah. tenants because you, it's the experience people need in the modern work. Yeah. No, it's changing the whole thing about what a building needs to be and what it needs to look like. As you take the train into London and you, as the train pulls into St. Pancras, these are acres of glass and all of these empty desks where yep. the acres and acres of hot desks where people would be once upon a time being, being competing to get a, a desk. And now that's just the, the rolling acres, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. It's radical what a change has been. I mean, you feel, you feel it coming back now. I'm in a couple, maybe once a week or twice a week into London. It's, yeah. but it's nowhere near peak. No, it, it, it's the new, it's the new reality and it's very exciting, but there, it, there, there's still a bit of backfilling to be done in terms of the, just, it's asking the right questions, isn't it? It's, it, it's procuring, it's how to spend your money well. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we've talked about largely about like theoretical approach to this stuff. What, as we wrap up, what's, I imagine a lot of this audience are involved in this space doing yeah. projects yeah. what's a practical takeaway for the i liked your kind of percentage increases approach if we're yeah. doing a project or we're thinking about doing a project what's a very yeah. practical thing we can think about yeah the first thing is to think about standards because although that's a very it can be very daunting and you think of them as being these great big volumes that sit on the shelf and you get them down and you do it that in practice they they can be used really very easily but I think taking this disaggregated approach is the simplest way, because if you think of the room in terms of all of its attributes, it's the room finishes, is the table shiny, all, all those sorts of things, the acoustics, the lighting, the display, the audio quality, the video quality, um, you just break it all down and just think, what's my approach going to be for this? And then to get to that point where you, where you, you know, where you can think of the space and the technology in a way that could, where you could actually procure the right thing. Awesome. I feel like you've just laid the gauntlet down for our next podcast, which you said these standards seem really daunting, but they're easy to work through. That sounds like the next podcast. But that would be great. I'd love to do that. I'm, as you might have gathered, I'm a total evangelist for it and would be delighted to do that. Awesome. Thanks for joining today. Definitely some great insight and food for thought there. And yeah, we'll revisit and do it other way. We'll walk through those, one of those standards yeah. or the various yeah. standards, because I'm learning on that side of the fence too. Yeah. So that would be really useful. Thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed this conversation. A really nice thing to do. Thank you.